0: This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our Bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Lord Adam the Young Bull of House Parker, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson, Lord Brett of House Fry, Sir David of House Fraser, Lord Nelson of the Long Isle, Sir Joshua of House Ross, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry.
1: Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra the
0: Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we're into brand two of A Clash of Kings and in our maester study we'll be discussing Lady Hornwood.
1: Yeah and she is quite a bit more important... Uh, then you might think, you know, as we've been kind of focusing, you and I have just in some of our discussions we have before we start here and some of the stuff we've been doing on YouTube with a lot of these smaller houses, how are they going to fit in? What's their role going to be? Because um, again, it might be different than the show where they don't even really exist.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And actually, this is one that um, it, it's one of those things is like a device that that uh, Gurm uses uh, to kind of show us like, oh, this is what, we're making all these plans around lady hornwood's house and they are important and all of those i think will be covered later too even in winds of winter but it all kind of comes to this point where chaos and you know this this messed up you know (laughs) ramsey bolton shows up and it just destroys everything you know you make you make all these plans and then just boom out the window so just one of those kind of crazy crazy things that george does and it's awesome and it's also heartbreaking and it's just uh but it also gives you a lot of um sort of I guess if you were studying maybe the Grand Northern Conspiracy and you wanted to know more about it you would go look at this chapter because it it outlines who's married to who and you know um who used to be related to who in the north and that all that kind of stuff and it kind of gives you everyone's footing and stuff. So it's it's important and it's it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah 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 absolutely yeah she's um y- you know like uh and we're gonna talk about her a little bit more here in in the macer study but uh just real quick you know it, it's kind of it's just kind of interesting as we'll see in this chapter she's talking about possibly getting married again uh, but she thinks well you know maybe i'm a little too old but uh old sir roderick mm-hmm. thinks, well, maybe not so much you know so it's just kinda, that's right that's <laughs> kinda, right kind of interesting so all right man well how you been how's your uh yeah, yeah. Our, our fifteen days of isolation, or however long it's gonna be, how's it how's it going?
0: Well, I, I it's it's going well. It's going. I, I tell you this. Here's a funny story. So last night, um, I you know I recently just kind of I've had this apartment for a while, but I just now kind of moved into it and getting her getting her all going. Um, I my my door. There's a storm out last night, like a raging storm, and I'm sitting there and I hear this weird sound at my front door, and like I didn't think anything of it. You know a few minutes later i get up walk around going to go in to rinse out my glass or whatever and you know get a glass of water come back sit on the couch or whatever go to walk past the door i think there's a freaking snake in my house i'm talking like a a and like a eight to ten inch worm had crawled through like like the hole in the door like a little spot in the door it was just like pouring out right so one was already out like coming around the corner of the couch and then I look again and then here's another one just as big wiggling through. And I actually have a video of it just like coming through, you know, and it just, it, it's crazy. Like I, it, I, what if I would have been upstairs recording and I wouldn't have seen these son of a guns come through? It just, I didn't sleep well, you know, it's like, I, I know they're just earthworms, but man, I started checking all over here, making sure they weren't trying to, you know, climb in and stuff. It, it was wild. It was actually wild. I mean, I was attacked by earthworms, so.
1: Oh, God, that's gross. I'm out. I'm out on bugs. I don't like bugs, period. We all remember my spider incident, Uh, you know, a couple couple episodes ago. I, just, I don't like them, period. Any yeah. kind of bug, I'm
0: out. Yeah, well, it made me think back to when we did the, the collaboration with um, Order the Green Hand, and I was, like, fighting for my life um, upstairs, and I had all these bugs that were coming in, you know, all those, like, ladybugs, and then, like, I'd accidentally left my window open, and the light was on, and it was dark, and so I'm like, why are there so many bugs flying into my room?
1: Uh, that was crazy. It's just, it's it's the battle taking place. It is, it is man. It makes me, you know, and... and... The problem with it is there's really nowhere you can move to avoid them, right? I mean, you definitely can't move to the south. Uh, no that, way. Yeah, I mean, then in Ohio it's ladybug season. I mean, sometimes you'll come home and your house is just plastered with ladybugs. I mean, just plastered. Like yeah, You, yeah. you know, and then out here in the Pacific Northwest, a lot of spiders. You know, stuff like right. stuff like that. So yeah, so just nowhere. And then, yeah, then you get out of, the, like the the Southwest or like scorpions. Or so, I'm out. Yeah, man. What? How are we supposed thought, to survive in this world? You know what I mean? I'd like, come I'd on. I'd, I don't know. <laughs> now, now, well, now we just survive in our world by you know staying locked indoors, <laughs> so and listening to Bend the Knee. So everyone's exactly. doing a great job at that so far. Yes. So. Yes. Uh, yeah. And uh, if you guys do need more Bend the Knee content, as and I have been uh, posting some more, just kind of specific theories, updates, um, stuff on uh, YouTube. We've been doing some more of those. Who we think's gonna? What's going to happen with some of these characters in? in the books that may go entirely different than the show. We just did one about uh, Marcella Baratheon. Mhm. Yeah. Uh, it's posted on our YouTube page right now and it, and how her role may be totally different. Entirely different. She yeah. might be her role Her role might be switched with with Tom, her and Tommen might be might be switched, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah. just get a little just good you know to give a little teaser, you know, remember in the books Tommen, he's only 7 years old. Is yep. he going to walk out is he going to walk out of a window? Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. maybe Tristane Martell is in the Sept of Baelor when it blows up. And maybe it's Marcella who walks out a window. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, definitely go go check that out. But, yeah, yeah man. Well, yeah.
0: Uh, it's neat because I think uh, we, did a, we did a couple of cool things in, in that. And I think um, we've kind of decided that really we want to do Winds of Winter Speculation. And I thought, well, we've kind of um, the podcast is this bigger show and, and reread. And it's, you know, an hour to an hour and a half, whatever. Uh, but yeah, we're doing some more condensed uh, stuff over there, and we're right now going through a playlist of just uh, House House Lannister. So we're going to be marching through all of those characters, you know, each week, just getting at least one a week. I would say uh, getting some some videos up there for you guys to kind of check out, just because we want to speculate and really get this down. I pulled up my daggone maps over here, and I'm starting to mark down where everybody is at the end of you know a dance. Right? I'm I'm like <laughs> I'm going crazy. I'm gonna get some string, some yarn, and I, I mean, why not,
1: right? So, Mm -hmm. hey man, maybe this maybe this self isolation means that Ger, you know, is before he's like, well, I have to, you know, I'm staying isolated. But now you have to, so right, yeah. Maybe he will finally get it done. I mean, we'll see. That convention may not even happen, right? You know that they that he said he wanted to show. Oh my god. Oh God! That means Gods, well. Because, I gotta wait till next year, so I yeah, can, yeah. I, can, <laughs> I can be at that convention. No, just post a picture of you with it in your hand on Twitter or Instagram or, or yeah. whatever, and just just get it. Doesn't done, the so. world need that?
0: You know, wouldn't yes. I mean, wouldn't everyone really stay inside if they they had a copy of that and it was like already in hand? Yeah, you know what? If you have to release it electronically, release it
1: electronically, okay? And we will read it. So mm-hmm. I'm ready. Yeah, I'll read it on Kindle. I don't yeah. need to. I don't, I don't need to go to the store to get. I'll it, get so. the
0: hardback later,
1: and I'll get the audio book. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So here's hope, and so all right. Well, um, should we head on over to our our uh, Maester study here? A little bit about House Hornwood, yeah. Lady Hornwood.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I mean, first we're going to kind of back up here and talk about the Battle of the Green Fork. Um, so what happens in this chapter? You realize that Lady Hornwood uh, is her husband and her son have been killed. And so we go back to um, a Game of Thrones, and in the Riverlands, they're basically their forces are scattered. Um, the Lannisters are in, in control, and this is just kind of a recap. Um, Sir Jamie Lannister's got his host up there with with uh, Lord Tywin. Um, so you know, we, you know Catelyn goes down to the phrase. We get the the alliance between the phrase and, and Rob and what have you, where we get a aclo- uh, you know across the way. It's at that point we have to split up our host. Like Rob's, um, the Young Wolf's host is split into two, and uh, so it says. Uh, the, let me see here. The the foot and one tenth of the um, horse under Lord Roose Bolton marched down uh, the King's Road east of the Green Fork to engage Tywin. So then, Rob himself is is taking the rest over to lift the siege at River Run. So in the battle, um, the Stark army is commanded by Roose Bolton, and let's see, they march through the night in an effort to take the Lannister army by surprise. They arrive in the early morning and launch their attack. Uh, you know, Tyrion observes right the banners of House Hornwood, Carstark, Serwin, uh, Glover, Frey, and Stark. However, the Lannisters. Their army is arrayed itself uh, in time. They get ready to go, and they're able to to sort of win that battle. Uh, but it was really all just a, a way in which Rob could get over to River Run uh, without anyone really suspecting. So, but it's during that battle that um, House Hornwood is essentially uh, kind of wiped out. I mean, Danella Hornwood now is left, Lady Hornwood, and when she comes in this chapter to speak with Bran um, and Sir Roderick and um, Maester Lewin... It's like, she sort of knows, she, she seems sort of, um, I mean, that's upsetting, right? She lost her son, her husband, and they were fighting in this war, and now other men are contending to go protect her and her lands. And it's this big sort of, um, like her, she'll say, like her cousin Manderly, so she was once um, Danella Manderly, and she married into House Hornwood, so the Manderlys are thinking they have a claim. Uh, the Boltons, their, their land borders, uh, the Hornwood land. Uh, you've got the Umbers, you've got the Glovers, all kind of vying just to sort of get a piece of this or to try and help her or what have you. You as Sir Matt said, you know, she really is just sort of like, I will marry again if, um, if the king commands it and... You know, and then she she kind of says that you know you may not need to look very far. And that's when sort of you can almost imagine that uh, Sir Roderick is kind of blushing a little bit, maybe mm. like wow, okay, all right. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a spot where like a couple things, and this is this is also kind of helping us get through. This is, this is a larger chapter. Um, so some of what we talk about here, we can kind of um, you know what we can cover again, but it'll be you know briefer. Um, she, there is a bastard um, of House Hornwood who is being taken care of, who is, who's fostered down at Mo Um I think it's, I think it's Larence Snow is down there. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the idea, you kind of get the indication from Lady Hornwood that she's not too fond of bastards just in the way that she, she doesn't like how Ramsey is talking to her as if he was a legitimized bastard or he was, or he was like a real, you know, um, true born, whatever son of, of house Bolton. So she kind of she kind of conveys that, and although Bran in this chapter recommends that, yeah, maybe we should go with the bastard because he's thinking about John. John's good, you know. Maybe the bastard is a good choice to come over and take over and protect House Hornwood. You know, um, Lady Hornwood's kind of hinting that she wouldn't be too fond of that. But really, um, you know, what what the, that's pr- one of the stronger choices, I guess, if you will. There's either that, um, or I think it's the Tall Hearts kind of recommend that they're. Uh, I think it's it's her, uh, I'm trying to think, it's, I think it's uh, H- Harless Hornwood's sister is married into the Tallhearts and has a son who would take the Hornwood name, possibly, a younger nephew or whatever that could go with Danella. So there's a lot of this, um, it's like a big, it, it, they say it's a disruption to the peace in King Rob's realm. And I actually, one of the things I've been thinking more about is is sort of like, how is it that, that uh, the Boltons made this alliance with the Lannisters, right? And then that you look at the Battle of the Green Fork and what happened, and it's interesting that you know some of these higher lords that died um, happened to be in this position where not only did the father die, but the son died as well. Like, neither one was protected, one was held back, or what have you. And again, it's wartime. Um, but doesn't that sort of benefit the Boltons being next to it? And if you were going to cause some chaos... I don't know. You know, you start really thinking about all the conspiracies, because, you know, the Boltons do later on betray the Starks, and it really uh, just kind of makes you think, but um, they are, if you want to know the position of this, so Hornwood Forest um, is sort of between the Dreadfort and White Harbor, and so it's sort of like this, um, it's, it's a pretty important strategic, you know, spot, too, also in the north. And it also brings in a lot of different um, crops and feeds, a lot of, you know, Winterfell and, and the, the different things. So it's like it's important. And I think um, they really don't know what to do. There's a lot of people yeah. vying for this. And, and it comes down to Maester Lewin kind of saying we're almost going to have to decide which of these lords does does um, Rob need to court more? Like later once this is all over, who does he really need to get the support of or or have? make a strong connection with and maybe, you know, as as a reward, you're going to grant the Umbers, you know, Hornwood and you're going to, because they, they helped you in the war or they have something that the North really needs. And then you get all this kind of jockeying for, you know, position and stuff. So it, yeah, that's where we're at. And I think in the extended edition, we're going to talk more about just sort of what happens um, to house Hornwood and really what happens with that bastard of Hornwood and where we're at going forward because I still think it's it's actually pretty important. It's 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 actually very important to the Grand Northern Conspiracy even though uh, the big players are out of the picture, you still have a, a whole region and men who are up for
1: grabs. So, mhm. Yeah. yeah, you know, and when you look at um, when you look at the north in in general if you have a if you pull it up on, you know, on a map or, or on, you know, Google or whatever. Um, you know, the Hornwoods, it's it's a little, you know, we, I think we always forget um, just with when you think about the show about where Winterfell is, I know I'm kind of guilty of this. Where I think, oh well, Winterfell is really more up by the wall, but it's not. It's in the middle of the north. It's like it's, you know smack dab, smack dab, kind of in the middle of it. And then you go just a little southeast, and that's where you've got uh, the Hornwoods, um, and then you've got White Harbor, which is just kind of south to them. And then north to them is the is the Dreadfort. So. You know, when you th- as you were kind of saying there, as after this war would be over, who would be kind of getting some of these, um, you know, what would the, kind of the reward be for, for fighting all of these things? Well, I mean, Rob would be in a really interesting position uh, because, you know, you've got the Boltons who are, you know, I would say the Boltons and, and the Manderleys are probably the two biggest uh you know the next the next biggest houses um Mm -hmm. in in line there and uh it would be it would have been really interesting to see you know had things gone maybe better what would have happened because it always seems like the uh, you know the the boltons are kind of off kind of doing their own thing they're not necessarily i mean obviously we know they betray them but even at this point um you know they just they seem kind of Off, kind of doing their own thing and it's i think it's really interesting that they're the ones that decide hey we want to um we're gonna be the ones to betray uh you'd think just by looking at a map it will Mm -hmm. you know it'd probably be the manderleys that would because they're further south uh they've also got a huge port uh that goes right there i mean they're kind of really uh, the key to the north. Like, if I think if you wanted to take mm-hmm. the north, yeah. you would do it by going through White Harbor. Uh, then you avoid Moat Kaelin, Uh, you know, because it's like a death trap to try to march through there. Mm-hmm. You, White Harbor would be really where you have to go.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you can see, like, I guess if you had to go with a second, right, I mean, and you're looking at bringing forces from King's Landing around the Vale or whatever, you, you can see how you could get up through, um, the, go the through the Shivering River. Yeah. yeah. And you, you could get way sort of inland, and then from there, you could strike across to to Winterfell if, if need be. So it's like, yeah, but the first option for sure would be, I think, White Harbor. I mean, like, mm-hmm. if you could get the Manderley's to agree, and that's sort of a lot of this. Uh, Tywin is talking to Lord Manderley, trying to say, hey, look, I have your son, and I also want you to collect taxes for us and whatever raise levies all that kind of stuff and he's there basically saying i'm not going to do that and he really is is um he's he's smart he's actually really smart and he plays this uh really well you know kind of keeping your true loyalties you know how sometimes the starks are guilty of just sort of like speaking exactly what's on their mind and telling the truth and being honorable and stuff like that sometimes you don't need to say all of that right Like by not saying something, you kind of leave the other person. You're not showing your cards, right? You're keeping that close. And house Manderly does that really well. One, because they have to, because uh, they're worried about, um, you know, Wyman's son being with, with Tywin and everything. So uh, yeah. And then what's crazy. And we're going to talk about in the extended edition is, is the move that Manderly makes on Hornwood right after this feast. And almost the, I don't know. It just, it just kind of shows you that he is loyal and that that it's, it's, it's crazy because uh, like you almost, I love the idea of going back and studying house Manderley too, just because of their move North and then how they've been respected and they've been accepted and it's been whatever. Um, they control this big port and yeah, I don't know. It's, it's pretty neat because I like, I actually like them because they're like jolly, you know, um, even brand is sort of like, he's, he's a likable dude. Yeah, he's too fat to, you know, sit on a horse or whatever. But like, <laughs> or or have or have Lady Hornwood, uh, you know, under underneath un- her underneath one. her. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and here's something too. You know, Catelyn when she's going down uh, to see Stannis is, is accompanied by his son as well, and she just thinks, you know, again, they're they're honorable, uh, valiant, but they're also just like cheerful, kind of bright in the mood type of people. They're just, I don't know, it's kind of intoxicating. It's good to be around. So. Very, very different from those at the Dreadfort.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, all right, well, uh, let's move on over. I guess we'll move on over to the reread here. Um, and again, we'll still be talking about uh, the Hornwoods and the Manderlys and everything. So um, this week we're into Brand two. Last week we were in Tyrion three. That's where uh, the Small Council was discussing Stannis' declaration uh, that Cersei's children were bastard born. Uh, and then Cersei, uh, one of those letters suppressed, but Tyrion and Littlefinger convince her that they should treat the letters with contempt while spreading their own rumor that Stannis' daughter is illegitimate. Tyrion leaves the council to meet with the city's smiths and commission an immense chain, then meets with Varys via a secret passage in a brothel. Uh, last time we were with Bran was Bran one. Uh, Prince Bran Stark contemplates the Red Comet and listens to the direwolves howling in Winterfell. Wondering about the reasons behind it all, he insists his broken—he uh, resents his broken body and the arrival of Big Walter and Little Walter Frey, whom he blames for Summer and Shaggy Dog being locked up. When he tells Maester Lewin about his wolf dreams, Lewin gives him a sleeping um, sleeping medicine to stop the dreams. But that night, the dream—he dreams he has Summer trapped in the Godswood. This week, Brand too. Bran receives the Lords of the North at Winterfell. ...for the Harvest Feast. Each has business to discuss, and many are interested in the in wedding Lady uh, Dan- Danella Hornwood, whose husband and only son have died in the South. Lady Hornwood herself is concerned that Ramsay Snow, the bastard of the Dreadfort, means to seize her lands. Uh, that night, uh, Clay Kerwin arrives with news that Stannis has declared Joffrey a bastard, brand dreams of a golden man throwing him from a tower. All right, um, I was like to read a little bit of the beginning here. Long before the first pale fingers of light pried apart brands shutters, his eyes were open. There were guests in Winterfell. Visitors came for the harvest feast. This morning they would be tilting uh, at the Quintons in the yard. Once the prospect would have filled him with excitement, but that was before. Not now. The Walters would break lances with the squires of Lord Mandersley's escorts, but Bran would have no part of it. He must play the prince in his father's solar. Listen, and it may be that you will learn something of what lordship is all about, Maester Lewin had said. Bran had never asked to be a prince. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's knighthood that he's always dreaming of. That's kind of Bran's brand's real goal in 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 life and now we're getting to see you know he's not just now the lord of winterfell when rob is gone he is a prince uh and that does give him a little more kind of leeway here uh as he ends up showing his he ends up showing to this showing up to this feast a little bit late yeah
0: and it's um one of those phrases and we'll, we'll go into this later when we have um we might do a whole maybe even a youtube video on it but the but the Stark in Winterfell. A lot of people have talked about it and just the idea that that title is there. What does it mean? Where did that phrase come from? But we know that Bran is the Stark in Winterfell. There must always be one, and he is the Stark. So it's a pretty Mm -hmm. big deal, you know? And it's like, he again, he's he's Prince, but um, he is... uh, yeah, yeah, he's supposed to be greeting these different individuals as they come into the harvest feast, and uh, instead he makes a little detour stop here, and he wants to see uh, these these younger squires kind of going at it here and getting things ready, and he just loves the the bustle of that and and what have you, and and so it's it's pretty neat, um, you know. But but he's he's late, and and Lord 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 Wyman says, uh, you know, no, 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 we're just early, right? You, you're the prince, so which which yeah. makes you like him, makes you like a guy like that, like he's not. Sitting there scowling, thinking that he was, you know, because you imagine if it was someone else. Let's say if it was um, the Umbers or or whoever, um, the Glovers or what have you. That might be kind of uh, you know, A little I, harsh, harsh, or or not have given him that same jolly kind of like, you know, excusal or whatever, dismiss, you know, whatever kind of uh, dismissing it. Uh, but but the Manderleys do, and I think that kind of paints them. It's, it's the first sort of painting of them being uh, these these guys that we like and that that are. Um, likable, and it's although for a while, for a long while, I'll say this, people really suspected them of these, of of not being um strong allies with the Starks. And who knows? I mean, still, this is all not finished. But because of their move, their 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 sort of repositioning uh, to the north and stuff, that they were, I don't know. You know, like there for a while, I remember reading and in Reddit and stuff like people were not so sure. And I guess even now, it's like, um, uh, you know, we'll talk later about where they're at and whether they are whether they can be trusted but i think well
1: that starts and lord here. and lord Manderly himself is one of the most interesting uh you know i guess not really i wouldn't really consider them a minor house right uh i mm-hmm. consider them kind of a third or a second tier uh you know kind of kind of a house um, yeah. because they're they're pretty important they're just obviously not winterfell the starks yeah. um but i mean i would say there are very big players in the north and you know lord manderley right you know he's he's always in the bathroom right he's he's always (laughs) scheming and plotting yeah he's a very very intelligent uh very very smart guy and again you know we just talked about um their kind of positioning if you wanted to take the north you'd probably go through white harbor uh and he i mean he knows that he's he's no yeah he's no he's no idiot i mean he knows that if 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 rob goes to war and he has to back him because it's it's part of the north uh that rob better win uh or if they if they're gonna go to if they're gonna go to uh to try to go take winterfell uh they're gonna go through him first and he's no so he's no he's no idiot he i mean he's he's a very smart guy
0: well and one of the things too that he brings up is that they have the ability to build to build ships and that they probably should and so kind of like uh, the red wines and, and other, uh, you know, remember. Stannis also has has a strong fleet as well. Like you, you House Valerion and, and whoever, like House Manderly wants to be that for the North. They want to uh, so, sort of um, build up their fleet because just for the very reason we were talking about, if you wanted to gain access to the North and you couldn't come through, uh, you know, the bogs and everything, and then to get through Moat Cailin or whatever, y- you would need to send vessels and kind of come in off their shores. Mm -hmm. And so House Manderley is like prepping for that, which is smart. I mean, I I don't know that like they bring it up. Right. Does anybody else really bring it up in the north? It's not really thought of. No. I mean, so and again, you know, when Rob marches south or whatever, it's really just to get his father back. And then along the way, he becomes king. So it's like we are on the fly trying to make this work. And and you kind of can you you get that urgency from Sir Roderick and, and, and Maester Lewin. Um, but it's all through the point of view of brand. so sometimes it's kind of hard to see. But there's definitely stress on those two guys to try to make sure uh, that that things are managed in the north and that everyone is kind of uh, falling in line. So
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then I li- I do like this I like this little this line here. Uh, Bran gazed up at the rough stone ceiling above his head. Rob would tell him not to play the boy. He knew, um, which is interesting. You know, that's a line we hear quite often. You know, don't play, don't play the boy, and it usually revolves around the Starks. Uh, he can almost hear them and their Lord Father as well. Winter is coming, and you are almost a man grown, Bran. You have a duty. Uh, so just, just kind of interesting. You know, you think that that line, "Don't play the boy," kind of relates to John as well. So the Starks, and that's just kind of a, a common phrase uh, that comes yeah. up with them, and it's always about them being bigger than themselves. You know, growing and and stuff like that. Um, so then, uh, Hodor comes in, uh, and I just I, 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 this line, I, I kind of hear. Um, his hands were always gentle though his strength was astonishing. You could have been a knight too, I bet Brand told him if the gods hadn't taken your wit you would have been a great knight which is interesting because mm-hmm. obviously if it goes anyway like the show, which again of all of all of the stuff that you know we talk about, you know this may be totally different. I this is the one that I think is is definitely happening uh, the the hold the door so it's just ah, just brand saying if the gods. Yeah, you can tie, you can tie in, you know, Blood Raven and and the old gods and all of that stuff, and you know, it's more so if, if maybe if you hadn't mm-hmm. uh, exactly hadn't, uh, hadn't exactly. done that, so it's just it's just it's ah, oh, it's a it's a hard line to read knowing what we know now because again, you go back to when this you know this is the second book in the series and you read it, and you just think, oh okay, well, uh, yeah, I mean that's that sucks. Hodor is is who he is, but now reading it again, <laughs> you're just like. Oh, you know well, what I mean? So now all of these Hodor all of these Hodor things just have so much more weight behind them.
0: Yeah, it's it is it's funny, right? So it's like this um You know what's really crazy? If you think about this for just a second like you think about the connection to the Duncan Egg series and that like Egg wanted he was fascinated with knights, wanted to be a knight the whole thing, but he knew that he had to, you know, Really, his his path was to be a lord and maybe prince, and he's a, he is a prince, right? And so, um, and he's with Sir Dunk, right? And we think that Hodor is connected to Sir Dunk. Uh, so Duncan the Tall, and then to see that like Bran will become king later on, and that maybe one of the first members of his Kingsguard was Hodor, <laughs> who was
1: holding the door it for is. all of the You know, it like, is. <laughs> it is. It's, I it's mean, like total, it's totally interesting. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great it's like, uh, comparison wow. there. Just crazy,
0: crazy, crazy to think about. Um But yeah, yeah, and actually, you, you, you lead us into the part where yeah, they're they're picking on on Hodor, and I mean mm-hmm. it really upsets Maester Lewin. Uh, and, and he's, he scolds these boys, uh, big time for that. So that's before they get to, to Wyman Manderley. But yeah, like, like just going over the fact that Hodor is huge. Um, and, uh, is it, is it, who is it later? Asha who kind of talks about how big he is and how he could twist a man's head off. Like he's just like, you know, massive, but you know, um, not willing to, to raise a finger towards these, these other, um, you know, kids. So, or, or anyone who would be, uh, hurting him. So he's just no a gentle, yeah
1: gentle giant yeah absolutely yeah absolutely and so the, and then Mace, and so yeah the, they're picking on him uh and then um you know Mace Lewin comes in here and he says you know hey you know cut that cut that out you know right. pretty much is, is, yeah is is how that goes you know they talk about him well he's not as smart as a horse um you know see they're talking to each other hodor must mean i love you and horse you know and then bran says you shut up Frey," and, and stuff like that and i mean hey you know first of all you know these Frey kids all right i mean it's obvious where they get it i mean you're speaking to prince bran mm-hmm. okay it's not like you just show up to some other lord's house or something like that i mean show some respect in the first place
0: yeah really oh i know i know it's weird that they get that from you know just just that's, Walter has kind of created that among among his sons and, and his heirs and his people, you know. So, yeah, just the way that they kind of, since they've been looked down upon, they're going to do, you know, anytime they can make a dig or whatever, they're just kind of uh, giving as good as they get, I guess. And it's just, it's weird that it's sort of uh, trickled down this way. It's, it's odd because you you will find some phrase, and we talked about uh, Oliver Frey, a little bit, and just in his relationship with with Rob, and how how cool that is, and so there are some who it's like, okay, it's, it, you know, it's good, but like right now, as we're getting introduced to the to, to the phrase, we're learning that uh, we didn't really like Walter, uh, we didn't really, not really liking these two guys either,
1: and um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, they even tell Maester Luwinoff, you know, he says, uh, "You are you know, you're only a Maester. Who are you to reproach a of the crossing?" First of all, as if a of the crossing is like this big epic you know thing you're not a Lannister you're not a Stark you're not a Martell it's like okay here we go these the arrogance of these two
0: right right and and here's something real I'm gonna back up just a little bit I'm not really sure where this is at but I I just found this line and I I I was when I was listening to it again today you know we we as we're prepping for the chapters and stuff um I thought it was interesting I one of the Walters is quartering up with House Blackwood and um like they have kind of like their their like on their oh their banners their their uh whatever you want to call it like your sigil and stuff like that they're kind of showing their relationship to their mothers or the the maternal side and they've kind of like um like that is shown in what their the banner is that's outside of their where they quarter and it's interesting that like brand thinks um that the phrase often, you know, or see that they must be hungry for honor in doing that and showing how they're tied in with other great houses and stuff. And that does sort of like the phrase are always trying to make those marriage alliances and trying to climb that ladder and trying to, you know, um, gain the attention of these greater lords. And whereas he says that a Stark only needs the dire wolf, you know, like, like we don't need to be, you know, we're not going to put uh, River Run up there. Uh, I'm not gonna do like a cross or a half like, you know, banner sigil situation where mm-hmm. where, where you're yeah, the, acknowledging real, that real, str- real straightforward. Yeah. So. All right. Um. Yeah. And so then they, eventually they get into um to see Manderley and uh, as we said you know the whole conversation does kind of come up about uh, Lady Hornwood and and briefly just that he I, so. She is, she is um, from House Manderley, and she married into House Hornwood. And so Wyman is her cousin, essentially, is what she says, my cousin Manderley. And, you know, basically kind of saying that he probably wants to, you know, come protect her, you know, if she needs a wife. Uh, <laughs> he offers himself, and he offers his son, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, but yeah, so he, so he does that, and, and um, uh, just sort of says that they're both if, if need be, that they're that they're more than willing to kind of help out, and that they could they could help secure uh, the lands of, of House Hornwood, and and he just sort of makes that connection to Danella, really. So yeah, well, I'm... it
1: would also, I mean, it would be huge for him, right? I mean, again, you pull, you look at the map. Uh, I mean, he would then. I mean, it's not like it's not like oh, you're gaining ground somewhere kind of far away from you, right? You're gaining ground that is immediately beyond your own, so you would basically just double your your seat right and if you look at if you look you got white Harbor there it's basically you know you got white harbor uh the hornwood and then the the dreadfort and so basically you then she's in the middle uh and so then you basically push all the way to all the way up and then it's i mean so it'd be and it would be a a huge alliance for him
0: right yeah and he, he recommends his second son being the one who who could possibly uh be her husband and and, um, you know, his firstborn, who I, I believe is with Taiwan, is, you know, supposed to inherit uh, White Harbor. So, yeah, either way, they'd be they'd be
1: well set up there. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, so it'd be a big uh, bit. Yeah, big, big boost to him. Um, OK, so, yeah. So after that. Um, let me uh, pull up my notes here. Um, yeah. Uh, after that is when they're. That's not, that's not quite when OSHA comes in yet. Yeah, I think so they, they're talking,
0: um, you know, Brand's still trying to play the part of the, of the Prince. And um, oh, let's see. Uh, they, they talk more about Tywin and refusing Tywin's, you know, um, offer to collect taxes and things like that. So that conversation with Manderly goes on for a little bit. Uh, let's see, and then Brand's shoulders were stiff from sitting in the same chair. By the by, the time the audience drew to a close, um, let's see. That night he set uh, to supper. Uh, a horn sounded to herald the arrival of another guest, Lady Danella Hornwood. Uh, brought no uh, tale of knights or retainers, only herself and six tired minute arms uh, with the moose head badge of their on their dusty orange livery. So you know we finished the conversation with Manderley and they they kind of um, wine and dine that night and then you know enter um, Lady Hornwood so she comes in and basically you get a passing of time she says she's too tired to talk now can we talk on the morrow and so then when the morrow came um, most of the morning was given to talk uh, on grains and green, uh, you know, greens and, and salting meat. And this is where Maester Lewin just sort of says like, hey, the winter is going to be by his calculation, it's going to be a little bit harder and we need to start putting more more stuff away. Uh, and actually, you see that happen later on where he, <laughs> uh, somebody's been advised by a hedge wizard. You know, and he has he has no patience for hedge hedge wizards and their council, and so he's he's trying to tell everybody like, look, this is basically the king's order. I'm I'm speaking on his behalf on these matters of collecting you know uh, resources and making sure that you're stocked up for uh, the winter because winter winter is coming. So mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah, and then and then during and then yeah during that conversation um uh, during that conversation is also the uh, you know, did we, did we skip over the, the, the Lawrence, Lawrence Snow? Do we want to, do we want to mention him a little bit? The, the, yeah, the, that, that, that's coming bastard. up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, so basically that um, she, she starts to kind of talk about, um, she talks about the, you know, um, the bastard of Dreadfort, right? So she talks about Ramsey at first and kind of says that, you know, um, h- how really he's been, what she's heard about him and Reek, uh, it's not good the games that they play and the hunt that they take it's things that you know you just wouldn't believe right and that that's awful and she's kind of reporting that and that he's been amassing men and he is on the border of her lands and that's where sir roger kind of says if he makes a move i mean he'll he'll pay dearly he would pay dearly like i would you know i take him out for you you know type mm-hmm. of situation yeah
1: yeah there's is, there's there is like the, the, the kind of little back and forth you know uh, between them which is just great,
0: yeah, yeah. makes you makes you feel good for, for Sir Roderick because you find out later. I think he says he's had like three wives and and mm-hmm. um you know all girls. and Beth cassell is is his um, his daughter. So,
1: um, uh, yeah, okay. And so then, um, you know after th- after that con- after that conversation, they basically to say you know Ro- Rob's going to have to. They talk about how you know Rob's going to have to figure this out afterwards. And Brand suggests Sir Roderick, right? Uh, you know that maybe he married maybe he marries her. Um. And then you know he. That's when he kind of says, "Well, you know, she's not, she's not unattractive, right?" And then maybe mm-hmm. you know, Maester Lloyd just kind of says they should consider it. And then they kind of move on. And so that's when um, Bran, uh, you know, Bran has to be excused. Um, and, there's, and then this is where he goes to the Godswood to visit Summer.
0: Yeah, yeah, he goes there, and um, and actually, and just right before that, like he, that's where, as you say, the the bastard, he does bring up, you know, uh, the 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 bastard of House Hornwood, just because. It's only because I think, you know, he loves his bastard brother, you know, John and, and would love to see him gain a seat of power and thinks that would be a good thing. Uh so yeah, yeah, that that was brought up. And and one more character I wanna bring up too is, is Moore's Crows Food, uh, who is like later on in the in the story, um, uh, Moore's Umber is, is a is a big uh deal and he's he's also spying trying to trying to get in there, older than her father, trying to, you know, um maybe maybe get a piece of that land so it's just uh you know so, something to kind of keep your eye on yeah um yeah then then into the godswood yeah
1: yeah yeah so bran goes into the godswood um i, I thought this line was kind of funny here uh so you know bran uh glimpsed a lean black shape watching from the under, undergrowth as well shaggy he called here shaggy dog to me but Rickon's wolf vanished as swiftly as he'd appeared much like rickens character you know he's there for a second and then he's gone uh, and you don't see him for like five bucks <laughs> so uh <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh and so then hodor takes him over to his favorite place which is uh by the pool uh you know the same place where lord edard used to kneel to pray ripples were running across the surface of the water when they arrived making the reflection of their weirwood shimmer and dance there was no wind though for an instant bran was baffled Every yeah. time you got to be you got to pay attention to all, all the times that people are walking by weirwoods people are around weirwoods because it may mm-hmm. come into play later this is you know there's huge reddit theories about where people have broken down all of these and it's like well you know it might actually be brand from the future looking back at brand from the past and yeah yeah uh, yeah all of this stuff so this is when uh, OSHA uh, gets up out of the pool. Um and uh, in a very in a, in a very girl like way you know Osha gets out of the pool and you imagine this like this woman coming out of coming out of the water and you, you know but you know girl uh, you know you're expecting it to be this like beautiful woman and girl kind of you know slaps you in the face and says you know like this she's a lady of the north you know she's 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 not like you know some some she sp- has scars epic epic yeah. fantasy uh, yeah fan yeah whole deal so it's yeah she scars yeah um yeah which I mean again, it's it's really what he's doing
0: is just sort of um i I think he's showing like the difference between the the harder life that she has lived and that she mm-hmm. goes on to talk about even killing some of the crows and the <laughs> men of the nights watch, and you're like, whoa man, this is <laughs> this this wow, what a life, you know, um and, and it's sort of like through her coming out and her nakedness that you're able to like that sort of open reminds brand that oh yeah, she's from.
1: She's a wildling, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, she and it's a yeah, life that you live, you know. Yeah, she says, um, you know, she uh, she says, as a babe, I suckled on icicles. I like the cold, right? Because I was like, wow, wouldn't you be? How can you swim there? It'd be freezing. Well, not for not for people who are from the further north. Yeah, I mean, again,
0: like these Starks, they know nothing of of mm-hmm. the true winter to come, or the like. They they they've been saying this for so long, but they're really. Um, in the eyes of the wildlings, they're they're southern people, you know, they're they're not from the north, you know. They're they're I don't know. So like when you want to go yeah. south, you go to Winterfell. <laughs>
1: like
0: yeah in their mind. So yeah,
1: yeah. And then uh, you know, interesting again, you know, when she's talking about how she got all, all of her scars, um, you know, fighting giants, you know, OSHA claimed that there were still giants beyond the wall. One day maybe I'll even see one. Uh fighting men, uh black crows, off his not killed me one too again just all all of these things that you know um, you think about it, it's kind of interesting right when you th- when you think about the, the the Stark children and the just the stories that they hear and how their stories end up they all want to live out the stories that old Nan has told them but they all kind of live them out in, in different ways you know uh, sansa with her songs and then she gets to see it's nowhere close to being as as pretty as the songs uh even Arya, uh to some to some extent you know she wants to be a warrior and 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 all of this stuff and and a knight Uh, she doesn't want to be a lady and she gets to see the harsh reality of it bran as well uh so everybody it's it's just kind of interesting
0: yeah 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 it really is and it's yeah it's sort of like um yeah like you say like he's thinks about well and it's funny too all the things that he thinks that he he wants to see like he'll to some degree see them (laughs) uh but yeah it's not going to be what you think it is as as a child and stuff and that's something george has always talked about the balance of writing stuff
1: from a child's perspective so Mm -hmm. yeah that's why he says Brad brands the Bran is the hardest the the hardest character to write so um, Osha asks him are you you having any more of those wolf dreams Uh, no he didn't like to talk about the dreams a prince should lie better than that Osha laughed well you dream your dreams are your business mine is in the kitchens and I best be getting back before Gage starts shouting Um, you know she should have never have talked about the wolf dreams Bran thought as Hodor carried him up the steps to his bedchamber and you know uh, we talked we talked about the people you know like with Arya um you know she Yoran is somebody who kind of teaches her along the way Syrio Pharrell Jack and Hagar well with Bran it's Maester Luwin Hodor to a sense and and Osha that kind of that are the ones kind of and then uh, obviously um uh now I'm blanking on their name the Reeds, uh Jojen, mm-hmm. Jojen and yeah. Reeds, then then of course Bloodraven but Osha is a part of that Osha is a part of 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 teaching him along the way kind of and she's really the one also that kind of that challenges him the most uh into you know life isn't what it is here in Winterfell
0: yeah and and challenges like the teachings of his maester and sort of says you know those are not just stories I mean like they're 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 real you know like these things that you've heard about are actually real there's a reason that maybe you've heard the stories and it's because these things happen up up north uh the other thing too is that you know as you say yeah she says you know pay attention to the whisperings in the you know werewood trees like she it's, it's the gods at one point so yeah and and actually this passage right here is one of those when you go back and you look at like I know we've talked in the past a lot about whether or not the three-eyed crow um is the same as y- y- blood raven um who's manifesting through werewood trees and stuff right and and this is one of those lines where people will will point to that they're they're kind of uh, separate things so he fought against sleep as long as he could but in the end it took him as it always did on this night he dreamed of of the werewood. it was looking at him with its deep red eyes calling to him with its twisting twisted wooden mouth and from its pale branches the three-eyed crow came flapping and so you know i know you're just talking about that but it's the difference between the werewood which is calling to him and then separately the three-eyed crow that is coming to him too them being two separate things and mm-hmm. that's something that people have tried to really and people might say are you kidding me that's that's such a little but like literally that's how george writes he wants you to pay attention to he buries lines and little things in here it's not even, not even a full-on dream we don't really get the whole sequence we just get like a a short little two to three sentences that says that he had a dream that night and then in that dream you know he focused on on the like there were two things the wherewood that was calling to him and the three-eyed crow that tried to peck his forehead until you know he could open his third
1: eye if you will so yeah 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 brand brand and his dreams i mean they're all they're all different they're all unique and they all as you said they they pull him different ways sometimes it's a wolf dream sometimes it's a crow dream yeah uh, and that's kind of yeah his in his internal his internal uh, dilemma but you know it when you think about it more so um there's a lot of characters who you could almost argue are being pulled really in two different directions, right? You think about uh, Danny, um, kind of some of the, some of her Dothraki, right, is kind of pulling her in one direction. Obviously, John uh, is mm-hmm. is 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 really obvious, you know, growing up a Stark and everything, and then you know we'll we'll come to see it. if it goes the same way in the book, certainly in the show, uh, then the, the Targaryen kind of side towards the end. Um, or more so just his, his him as a Stark and then a, m- a member of the Night's Watch uh, and so the brand as well uh, with with the, the the wolf side and then the crow side.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And, and here's another, you know, as we move into this next little bit, and it actually you, you think you're going back just to, to a normal conversation where another house is showing up. And you're sort of like, um, okay, it's House Umber. They're showing up here. Let's get through these guys. And you know that was interesting about Brand's dream, but we're moving on from it. And we're really not though. So like, to, just to keep talking about where the directions that he's being pulled in, and maybe that he wasn't the first person to be pulled in these different directions. You might think I'm absolutely crazy for saying this, but uh, the Umbermen were were on their way. And the next uh, the next day, two of them came together to audience. The great John's um, uncles, blustery men in the winter of their days, with beards as white. Um, as the bearskin cloaks they wore, a crow had once taken moors for dead. So a crow had once thought that moors was dead and pecked out his eye. Um, so we just had a you know a situation where the, again this this crow that has three eyes, you know, maybe one acquired mm-hmm. from maybe one acquired from old moors here from Mors. Uh, <laughs> is is now you know like down here pecking at this guy and and so he wore a chunk of dragon glass. In his eye, are are you are you kidding me? Like he's wearing a chunk of dragon glass. Those candles that are lit in the citadel that Marwyn the Mage, and maybe Quaithe, you know, kind of look through, communicate with, you know, dragon glass. You know, it's 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 crazy when you think about that. So, anyways, yeah, he's got a chunk of dragon glass there in his eye socket, and um, I was actually watching. I think I told Sir Mathis the other day that go and look at all the different characters who have who are missing an eye. In the series and look at the um sort of the i guess i guess you know george is trying to connect it back to what's his name um oh in in thor's mythology his father odin odin, odin yeah and just sort of like the the mystery the power the the almost like their wizard-like nature uh, of these individuals and magic and mysticism kind of surrounding them and it was uh Lucifer means Lightbringer is a guy who who I was watching the other day and he he often talks about symbolism and just how interesting it is to pay attention to characters who are missing an eye, like Euron and Blood Raven and uh Umber and and different individuals. And I'm like, he cow, like <laughs> this is this next level, man. It's it's just something to kind of pay attention to and, and the fact that you know, a crow pecked out his eye, uh just wild. So yeah, Old Nan, you know, was, was the one who told that tale. Um, he, he had grabbed the crow in his fist after it had you know, been you know, gouging out his eye, and he had bitten its head off, so they named him Crow Food. Okay, so she never would tell Bran why his gaunt brother uh, Hothor was named Horsebane. <laughs> but, you know, um, so yeah, I, just interesting characters. These guys are pretty um, ruthless guys, and they're, they're rough and more rugged further north and Mm -hmm. and yeah
1: so but definitely a house that's important to to young rob well exactly it's because they are ruthless right he need he definitely needs those type of people in his uh in his army Mm uh and you think about great john right i mean you know uh gets uh, gets his his finger you know gets finger bitten off right Mm -hmm. yeah by the and well whatever it's it's fine i mean these guys are these guys are hardcore, really. If uh, you want to talk about, it. I mean, they're almost—you can almost describe them as wildlings, uh, when you think about. it. I mean, that's definitely what they seem more of compared to other houses in the in the realm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, for sure. Um, yeah, so now these two guys have an interesting. There's a, a connection to be made here. So the Umbers are in need of ships, actually, and just because of all the wildlings that are stealing, you know, uh, down from the north, and just. Things that are going on on their shores and so they need Some ships and well uh, interestingly Enough House Manderly just You know proposed to build some ships and you guys Happen to have a lot of you know trees And and lumber and things that that they could use There's going to be a partnership kind of created Between the two
1: if you will So you know a quick question Can I just just ask a question You know we always hear about all these wildlings That are just um, All these wildlings that are just Finding their way beyond the wall Mm-hmm. Well, if all these wildlings can find their way beyond the wall, then why the heck does Man's Raider have to try to climb the thing? I mean, yeah. Yeah. wouldn't it just make more sense to build ships and sail around? Yeah, I mean maybe.
0: I I don't know how. Maybe it's too cold or they can't like it's I don't too, know if they're, it's too tough. Yeah, maybe they're not able to maybe the trees are frozen in and, and such that you yeah. can't. I don't the, I don't know. Yeah.
1: I don't know because in the show Remember that they all when they all go to uh, the battle at um, oh god Hardhome. Remember mm-hmm. then they all get on ships and sail off. So
0: right, right. But those were yeah, yeah. ships that the Night's Watch was yeah, yeah, yeah. But
1: I mean bringing. it's not like they don't have it's not like they don't have trees up there.
0: That's what I'm. That's why I said maybe they maybe they're for, I like why wouldn't they yeah. build ships? You know maybe they can build a few but maybe not enough for like because I mean for, yeah. I don't know again has, like got like such a huge it's also weird too because the nature of the wildlings right it's hard for them to get behind anything or anyone they're all their own separate they're not like right. man's bringing them under it's like like you got to organize these people into you know building right. this and if, if you just make one clan build it then this clan is pissed and it's like well we built the ships you guys
1: aren't getting on see you later right. and there's maybe, so yeah, much, maybe i don't know maybe it's also the idea of of to the wildlings the idea of conquering the wall right like this is the thing that we look at every day that is you know keeping us from uh you know from from doing what we want to do living living free this is like our prison and so right What? Well, yeah
0: yeah, yeah, know. And, and so it, it is also true that the Night's Watch—they they do patrol. So East Watch by the sea, right, is is patrolling that, but they're kind of saying they're not doing a good enough job. They're too few, and so maybe for years they did kind of patrol that just to make sure that, that they didn't get around by sea. Um, but when you're when you're spread so thin, and it's sort of like these, you know, smugglers are getting into in and out of King's Landing in different places, so. You can imagine a few wildlings sneaking down and I guess the numbers have just started to kind of become um more and more, you know. Um yeah. because so, we yeah, see that when just, when
1: Brand is attacked uh in, in the wolf's wood. Um Yeah. they just know. can't they just can't do it. Yeah, I know. It's just every every time I ever come across a line where it's like, Well, we're being attacked by wildlings, it's like, what is the Night's Watch even doing? Okay, yeah, what are they doing? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are they come doing? On. up there? Get yeah. your Not, stuff together, man.
0: Well and, and here's the other thing too, you look at this, um where the wall is and you go go back to your map like you've got Skagos over here um the, the bay of seals is there right the east watch by the sea kind of patrolling between there and Skagos uh, and if you go over to the bay of ice um it's it's like the the frostfangs are up there and that's much more difficult i think for them to travel through there and then you know down to either bear island or you know in into the northern mountains you know it just it looks like it's a mountain range that splits right up through into the frost fangs and it's i i think their option is to kind of try and go i don't know yeah to, to try and go into the bay of seals and so it's it's since you've got sky ghost and you've got east watch by the sea doing their thing maybe it's it's tougher
1: i don't know so yeah. okay all right well um uh, so yeah so I just I always just anytime I read that I'm always just like hey, you know hold on a second here what's <laughs> what's you know what are what are, what are what are we even doing up there so yeah um, okay yeah and so this is when so back to back to the chapter so that's when the umbers are, are talking about why they need they need the ship so to protect them so they can they can take on some of these wildlings that are sailing south
0: mm-hmm. yeah yep and and here's something too. you know each of these houses like um, umber uh, you've got the tall hearts here you've got hornwoods you've got manderleys um, you start to pay attention to the Brand chapters and the Theon chapters later in this book, and they all kind of, these characters all come back into play, and the North is going to go into complete chaos, and it's sort of like, it is important to look at the map and see sort of, it makes sense, you know, Torren Square uh, being, you know, garrisoned by the Tallhearts and being uh, protected by them and that's that's an area that theon will later kind of infiltrate and and everything so because that's our next uh individual is the is the tall coming up from torrent square um and, and talking there just about again making an offer to to you know help with lady hornwood's situation uh and and everyone's trying to it's weird that they everyone knows about that like news has, has gotten back quickly that you know her husband and son have died and so they're sweeping in here they're going to the prince to make their case mhm
1: uh okay and so then after that um after uh you know we get to the get to the get to the tall hearts uh it, we just this is when we start to get some of those uh you know that more people are going to be coming you know in the days that follow raven we get ravens arriving from uh, all the other houses uh you know Ramsey snow says he will not be be joining them you know some of the other people have already gone um some of the people have already gone south, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they're not going to be able to come uh, to this. And then they do mention Howland Reed, right? And you know, it says, yeah. you know, like, that just leaves Howland Reed, who hasn't left his swamps in 16 years. All right? So we, did, we just get that, that, that mention of him. But they are still, they, you know, they do still belong to the, they do still, still, still support the north, but uh, just nobody's yeah. ever seen them. Right, and,
0: and you're not really sure, and and that's another one of those barriers to gaining entry just north of the Twins, you know, unless you're on the King's Road and you, you that which takes you right through Moat Kalen, which they say is very difficult to get through and controlled by the Starks. If you look at Graywater, you know, Watch, it's just those bogs and all of that, that sort of, um, you know, moving. Do they is Greywater Watch a moving keep and and everything like people just they, they you know, it's not. Land that you easily could leave the king's road and traverse through and and find Helen Reed so yeah but yeah uh noted that that they are absent and um yeah we'll see we'll see them later though so
1: yeah um okay and so after uh you know a- after after we get all um all of those who's gonna be coming uh is when we get uh clay Kerwin who arrives right um mm-hmm. and then this is when. Bran is out there and he's riding Dancer in the in the yard, right? Yeah. Uh Clay, you know, who's always been a friend of Bran and his brothers, asks if Stannis Brathian wrote uh Winterfell about Joffrey being um illegitimate. Um and then uh, this is when things uh kinda happen to, to, to Bran, right? Right? He suddenly feels like a you know a giant hand is crushing his chest. Uh Bran, you know, declares Rob's gonna beat Stannis too, but then that night he has a he has a dreamless sleep. Or, he, yeah. or he's, he does not have the dreamless sleep, excuse me. Right, he's got, um, yeah. Yeah, he's, he, has, he has another three-eyed raven, three-eyed crow, uh, excuse me, uh, dream.
0: Right, yep, yeah, and that's where he kind of, you know, he's relives almost the whole situation with, with Jamie kind of, you know, shoving him out the window. Um, and it's like, you know, one of those things where Bran remembers his siblings, he remembers his youth, he remembers all these different things, but he can't remember his fall, and he can't remember... You know, what what caused it. Yet he's dreaming about this man in golden, you know, golden hair
1: who uh is saying the things I do for love. hmm Yeah, so. fly or die, alright, is what the the three eyed crow says as it pecks as it pecks his eye. Uh he wet he weeps and pleads but the crow had no pity. It had to put out his left eye and then his right, and then it was blind he was blind uh in the dark as it pecked his brow driving the terrible shark beak in deep into his skull he screamed until there was certain uh, he was certain his lungs must burst the pain was an axe splitting his head apart but when the crow wrenched out its beak all slimy bits all was slimy with bits of bone and brain brand could see again uh so you know, maybe his third eye finally finally coming in there um and then this is when he as you said the, you know here's jamie say the things i do for love and as he's now remembers kind of getting kicked out of the window
0: yeah it, it, it's really odd so you, you start to think about the wolf dreams right and it's like they when you look at the the word choice around those dreams and the connotation associated with those words it's much more positive They they seem happier to fulfill brand to make him like he's excited about those like it's 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 it's, it's odd that he's having them at first but then later on he he he, lo- he relishes them he doesn't want to leave those and look at how hard and harsh and like you know had no pity in the in the in the goriness to the dreams that he has with the three-eyed crow and interesting that later on um you know he you know he, that he's uh in, in encouraged um to sort of follow those dreams and and to let the three-eyed crow do what what he will uh to yeah. them by the reeds you know like the reeds are kind of you know pushing that on him and it's it's i think it's um it's interesting to look at i don't know that
1: it's straight straightforward so yeah all right well uh i got a raven uh today uh sir ezra um everyone here from uh chris in london uh, i would like the double d's uh which is dan and dave to have done a better job of portraying danny's intentions as being more strategic rather than full-on mad queen uh, it is clear that in order to defeat Cersei, you must have to be ruthless as she is. Uh, this was proven when wildfire started exploding everywhere as Danny uh, strafed near the Red Keep. Cersei had clearly set up a trap to destroy the, any any invading army that got too close to the Red Keep. I'm hoping that um, maybe Danny attempts to justify her actions based on this fact. So I think he's mean, meaning in the book, right? Yep. Um, so that if it does go the same way, that there will be more uh, strategic reasoning to to Danny's attack. Um, which, I mean, your thoughts, sir Well, yeah, I think that you know when you look in the show. So this is
0: I like this Raven just because we're kind of trying to do this comparison between you know book and show. And uh, when you do see that, like like wildfire was being used, it's just not safe, and it's not it's reckless, you know. And if it's if it's used in in and around King's Landing and around people, and she's already used it in the show to blow up the Septa Baelor, it's sort of like what would we need to combat that? I mean. Is is there a way to just take out Cersei and like this? I I think the crazy part with with the whole Danny when Danny turns on just the people, um, I think that is, cra- It's it's a little much. I know the idea is like, what's the, how is she going to justify doing that? Um, does she think these people had something to do with it? Like like I I think it's gonna be more muddled than that, and we're gonna see that that maybe, um, there's Lannister men. What, what, whether they're taking shelter in and around, like some of her forces may be intermingled with some people, and so she just decides, no, we're done. Everyone's, you know, gonna burn. Maybe and, and again, we we actually have a whole other idea on on what could happen with Danny and even Cersei. So we're not mm-hmm. even so sure that we're gonna get gonna get to this point or that's gonna go down this way. But if it's similar to what we see in the show, then I think yeah, you would you you need a little bit more um, reasoning. It's gonna be a little bit more explained in the books as to why uh you, like you could be cautious a, a, about approaching uh, you know Cersei and try to be strategic and taking her out but like she defends herself so well and it's so it, it doesn't matter whether um commoners or small folk are going to be destroyed or killed or that the wildfire may spread and things like that it just doesn't matter so i don't know that that could be interesting to see if that comes into play if she uses wildfire and how and how that would work in the um you know in in the fight against uh Daenerys
1: yeah exactly um i mean she's probably you know when Tyrion does it in the battle of the Blackwater, it's out in the o- it's out in the ocean right yeah it's a w- it's way away from the city and it doesn't actually what well, we think of that as being the um the straw that breaks the camel's back actually it's not um uh, i mean it is it is certainly the the biggest kind of it, it, i mean it really puts it, them in a position to win but ultimately it's tywin lannister coming in and and really kind of kind of saving saving the day um yeah especially you think back think back to the show i mean cersei's just about to poison tommen right you know so he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't get you know killed Mm -hmm. or 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 anything and so i mean they do they do they do get on the shore you know and and stuff like that but i mean certainly the the wildfire isn't isn't the end all um but i do think it it'll it will be interesting to see You know, with the with the show, even if even if the final season wasn't wasn't rushed, uh, you just can't. I mean, the the first season of the of the show is probably the best book to show kind of comparison. I mean, they use a lot of dialogue from it, um, and they do it in ten episodes, and they cut out a ton just because you you just you just have to. Um, And so, I mean, there's really like no strategy shown in in the in the final season. It's just we're just we're just marching. I mean, you get the only bit you get is when they show up in the episode four when sir when uh danny shows up and then they behead Mel- um Sandy. right mm-hmm. i mean it's like okay we're not gonna attack right this second because you have a bolt put right on you know aimed right at my dragon um yeah so yeah. yeah i definitely i definitely think we'll get some more uh in the books if it does go down the same way yeah yeah i'm with you
0: yeah for sure So that that was a good, you know, Chris, you know, thanks again. That was, uh, that's good thoughts. And it's uh, something we're trying to explore in our, on our YouTube series. And and we're going to keep kind of looking at, you know, uh, we're actually, I mean, Cersei will be coming up soon. So you guys Mm -hmm. are going to get that because we're going to go through the Lannisters and look at maybe where they're at in the books and where we project. Uh, We kind of often we'll take a character and we'll present like maybe three possibilities for them moving forward. And one that we kind of lean heavily towards. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So,
1: all right. Well, uh, anything else here as we begin to close up shop, Sir Ezra?
0: Uh, no, I, I would say though, I wanted, I want folks to kind of, and those of you who are on Patreon already know this, that, um, in the extended edition, we really have been taking, uh, these characters that we discuss and we kind of discuss their arc, stretching through where we are in in, in in a clash of Kings all the way through the series a little bit. So uh, cause I've, I'm already fired up and ready to talk about House Serwin and you know, house Hornwood um, the umbers and so on, because it's just, and I'm not going to get us all the way again. Those are kind of shorter episodes, but just to sort of stretch us a little bit further and look at why they are important and why, you know, they are going to be interesting in later books in the grand Northern conspiracy. So, and, and who is allied with who based upon, you know, some actions that take place. So that is definitely um you know something where we we really we, we kind of sh- we do it to some degree in the main show, but we really in extended edition just let loose and go crazy. So if you're interested in that, I think come on over there and and have some
1: fun with us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really yeah, I really want to encourage people to come come check out those extended editions because, you know, as, as as said, I mean, we're we're talking about houses that you you think, you know, if you're just somebody who's watched the show, you, I mean, you see Lord Manderley for one scene right uh in 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 the show but he is an enormous he's a huge deal uh in the the books i mean especially part of that grand northern conspiracy um and and just so many pieces that are moving around that are going to be different uh and and that's kind of that's kind of like the big big part of what we're doing on youtube and on patreon is you think about these characters how you know how could like how could you get this character to this point in the where they are in, in the show yeah. when there's all these other obstacles that they're going to have to climb over. And, well, sometimes it, it may go this way. Sometimes it may not.
0: Right, right. Well, I mean, here's just a quick teaser. You know, one I'm thinking about right now is this bastard of House Hornwood and, and uh, the strategical advantage that would give Stannis, actually, later on. You mm-hmm. know, um, so we know later on Mo Kalen is, is you know, this, the, that battle is won and that that bastard is now free. And is now with, you know, possibly with Stannis. So it's like, stuff like that is, is fun to kind of talk about in the extended edition. And I think it's things that I've been holding back on and that we've been holding back on a little bit, I think, in, 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 in a Game of Thrones. But now that all these houses start to kind of, you know, emerge and we, we actually don't just hear about the house name and and their their coat of arms or whatever. We actually we actually get to see members of the house and we get to talk to them and we start to kind of understand who they are. So now I think it's the perfect time. I think we said the other day, you know, A Clash of Kings really... Uh, so, Game of Thrones sets it all up, but then I forget how you how you explain this. But then, in, in, in a Clash of Kings, it's like there's a lot of political maneuvering and just setting up, showing us potential alliances and. And you know areas where, like, a alliance is, is fragile in the north or in the south or wherever. And then in the Storm of Swords, it just freaking you know just let loose. Absolutely, you know, yeah, absolutely. crazy stuff. Happening. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. It just it just explode. It just explodes open. I mean, yeah, Clash of the Kings really, as you know, you yeah, you and I were talking about that the other day, where we're like, you know, this book, you know, Game of Thrones is an introduction. Uh, Clash of Kings is. Okay, now that you've been introduced to these characters, let's really start to dive into them a little bit more. See what's going on. See all of the, all of the possible scenarios we're 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 going to go in. And then Storm of Swords is really where everything like I mean, really, really like takes off into the the bigger Song of Ice and Fire mm-hmm. sort of um, um, series, uh, you know, with, with magic and everything and yeah. stuff like that. This is this is more of the let's get all the political stuff figured out and then it, then the magic and everything is what happens in a storm well, of swords and, and you have to remember what
0: happens in this book because later on again in, in the extended we're going to talk about why uh why we think you know House Manderly is maybe going to you know switch allegiances or if or were they ever really allied with with the boltons and so on so yeah uh it's crazy it's good, it's yeah, good stuff absolutely. to think
1: about absolutely So yeah yeah come check us out come check out our youtube stuff come and definitely come check out our stuff on uh on patreon and just and a quick reminder is uh, when you, if you do if you do check us out on patreon you uh you don't get just access to uh like you know this week's episode you get access to anything we've ever posted so you do get uh, you get access to all of that stuff and i don't even i don't know how many episodes are on patreon but it's probably around 50 or so so you, you you know yeah. you do get access to all of that stuff. So, all right. Well, um, oh, and one uh, quick little uh, teaser here. So, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, thanks to you know, mead, meat, and cheese, I think is being recorded tonight. So nice. stay, so stay tuned for that you know unfortunately it's kind of, it, it's not gonna be exactly the way it is in that book because you know now we live in this world where we're limited to the amount of things we can buy at a grocery okay. store. Yeah so yeah. it's gonna be a little different but we're gonna're we're, we're, gonna, we're, we're gonna make do so nice. yeah and, and we're uh, piecing that all together. So anyway we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones and our next episode we'll be discussing chapter 17 Tyrion 4 of a Clash of Kings.
0: If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at
1: gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember that the night is dark and full of terrors.